0: Hello and welcome to The Levelling Up Podcast with me, George Swift. The Levelling Up Podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. And in today's episode, we're going to continue our theme for the week, which is stress and overwhelm. I said this on Monday in episode 163, that I've experienced a lot of this sense of overwhelm myself. It's just overwhelming this environment that we've uh, had to go through, the environment, the landscape we've had to navigate over the past few months. And it's just been really overwhelming emotionally, physically, physically the way we've had to work has had to change and i went through on monday and i talked about how many entrepreneurs many business owners that i've come across have been talking about this sense of overwhelm feeling overwhelmed sometimes almost paralyzed by overwhelm you know just so much has changed in the world they're working from home when maybe they were working at the office or suddenly they are working at home like they always used to but the kids are there and they're homeschooling and you know, their husband's there or their wife is there and they can't see their friends and they can't go to the gym and they can't, they can't, they can't, they can't. And they have to do so much of this other new stuff like, you know, having to do more social media potentially or certainly maybe having to attend meetings via Zoom. And, you know, it's not surprising that many business owners are feeling completely overwhelmed. Now, it's tough being an entrepreneur at the best of times. I said this last time, but right now it's probably more challenging than I can ever remember it being. Now, some people, of course, they're sailing through this. For some people, the new changes to working are really working for them and they're really thriving right now. For many business owners, however, it is overwhelming. And of course, we can't continue to allow that overwhelm to be pervasive throughout our life because fundamentally, it will mean that you're underperforming. It will mean you're having a terrible quality experience of life and you won't be behaving in the best possible ways. You might find yourself being snappy. You might find yourself being less tolerant. You might find yourself jumping to conclusions. Fundamentally, you're probably not having a good time inside yourself, and it's possible that the people around you aren't having a particularly good time in your environment near you as well. So we talked about overwhelm. Today, I want to move that on and start talking to you about stress, now, stress is something which is really interesting because a lot of people talk about stress and they say, you know what? I work well under pressure, I work well with stress. And there's even been some scientific studies to say that a degree of stress is good for us, it's healthy for us. However, the truth of the matter is, most of us, we don't have a healthy amount of stress. For most people, most business owners especially, I would say, they're living under real pressure, like heavy pressure, and maybe more pressure now than ever before. You know, we're looking at uh, financial situations, financial issues right now, perhaps. We're looking at what's happening with the economy. So, of course, it's not surprising that our stress levels are starting to rise. And if they haven't done already, maybe you're starting to feel the beginnings of that. For many people, I'm talking months ago, stress went through the roof and they've been hanging out there ever since. We don't want to be under stress. It's not good for us to be under long term chronic stress. There is a degree of evidence that short term stress, short term pressure, can be beneficial to us. It's proven that if we have a deadline, for example, the pressure that that puts on us does make us more productive. And it's true that for many of us, we feel purposeful and we might feel more passionate and engaged when we have that deadline. However, I'm sure you can appreciate this. You've had this experience yourself in life. There's a line between a healthy amount of positive pressure and feeling completely overwhelmed and stressed Out of your eyeballs, okay. What we're looking at here, really more than anything else, is the long-term chronic stress. The long-term chronic stress is well documented and well proven. It is the biggest killer right now. I saw this predicted, by the way, 20, 30 years ago. They said by 2020, the biggest killer of people is going to be stress. Now, no one dies, well, maybe they do. Not many people die instantaneously from stress. Okay, It's the long-term buildup. It's heart disease. It's the impact on stress, blood pressure. It's the impact it has on obesity, and therefore the knock-on effects that that has on health, and therefore long-term health issues. Fundamentally, stress is killing you. It's killing me. It's killing us, and we just don't want to live under that umbrella of stress. And For so many of us, we're so used to it that We're not even aware that we're stressed because it just feels like normal. It just feels like this is my experience of life. We're so accustomed to feeling what we're feeling that we no longer appreciate how damaging it is. If I gave you an uncomfortable pair of shoes to wear, you'd be in pain, maybe agony short term, but you'd be surprised how quickly that you'll become accustomed to that Pain, accustomed to that discomfort, and suddenly you won't be registering that discomfort anymore. It doesn't mean the shoes aren't still damaging your feet and causing you long term health implications with your feet. It just means that you're not necessarily acknowledging the pain, and discomfort that you're in. And the body has an amazing ability to endure discomfort and pain. And, you know, the body's pain receptors, they're designed to trigger a reaction, a response from you. They're designed to put a spotlight on something that's not right. So you put this uncomfortable pair of shoes on and they're meant to hurt if they're not fitting right. If they're causing potential damage to you, they're meant to hurt and they're meant to hurt long before the damage is done. So you feel the pain to stop you from causing long-term harm to yourself. But then there's a point where the brain understands that if the discomfort's not going away, that actually it's not serving you anymore to keep highlighting the discomfort. And therefore, it starts to become like white noise in the background, and we don't recognize it as discomfort, or certainly not to the same degree as it once was. I've recently had a tooth removed. I mentioned this in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's healing up nicely. But for about 10 days, it was really painful. Now, that pain obviously is there because you've just pulled out a tooth. Not only that, they're getting too graphic with you. They basically had to drill away half of my jaw to get to the bloody thing. I had loads of complications in the chair for about an hour and a quarter just to have this tooth removed. And that's an hour and a quarter of pulling, shoving, tugging, hammering, drilling, cutting, and whatever else was going on in my mouth. I had two dentists and a nurse all with their hands and fingers in my mouth at one point in the moment when that was happening, it was really distressing, really traumatizing. And I'm feeling that trauma and I'm feeling that discomfort deliberately to get me out of the chair. Now you override that because you know you're in the chair for good reasons, But fundamentally, you can calm yourself to a degree, but you're still having that anxiety and that trauma and that feeling of just, I want to get out of it. I want to leave. I want to run away. And that's the body doing exactly what it's meant to do. That's your brain, your unconscious doing exactly what it's meant to do, which is to get you out of a threatening situation, a harmful situation. But you can override it. And this is what a lot of us do. We stress. We feel the stress and then we override the stress. We might turn to caffeine or sugar or foods to overcome the tiredness and fatigue that we feel so we can push ourselves a little bit harder. You know, we all have lights in our houses. We no longer have to retire when the sun goes down. We turn the lights on and we go again and we go again. We've all got blue screens, our phones, our tablets, our computers, our televisions, and it's been well documented. Again, these blue screens are artificially stimulating us in ways that we're not meant to be stimulated, and they're meaning we're not getting the same serotonin levels, we're not sleeping as well, and it's having a whole load of knock-on harmful effects. And what we're doing is we're overriding the systems that are designed to stop us from harming ourselves. Then on top of that it starts to normalize. The discomfort becomes normal. The tiredness becomes normal. Distress becomes normal. The brain realizes that nothing's going to change the environment. Nothing's going to change to this. There's no point feeling the same degree of pain as you were. So it starts to subdue the pain. When I had the tooth removed, it felt really strange in my mouth. If you ever had a tooth removed? it's you know It feels strange. Your tongue can feel every new sensation. You're like, Well, my tongue never used to feel my mouth until I had a tooth removed. Well, it is. Your tongue was feeling your mouth. It's just it became so accustomed to what it was feeling that it became white noise. You no longer felt it. You suddenly have a tooth removed. You can feel every jagged edge of a tooth. You can feel the hole. You can feel the tooth around the hole. You can feel the swelling in the gum. You can feel the gum that isn't swollen on the same area. It all feels different. It's your brain highlighting to you that something's changed. Something's not right. And what happens over the course of weeks and then months, your tongue, your unconscious really via your tongue, gets used to the feeling of the gap and the hole and suddenly you no longer feel the hole. It's like having a filling where there's a jagged edge to a tooth. It scratches your tongue, it hurts for a little while and then over a period of time you get accustomed to it, you get accustomed to how that feels and then that becomes the new normal. So we've normalized stress, it's become white noise in our life, we override it, we push beyond the mechanisms that are trying to tell us that we're going too hard. Also, we're living a life today, and this is really important for what we're talking about today, we're living a life today that we weren't built to live. So our evolutionary survival instincts that I'm talking about here right now and our responses like stress, for example, they evolved over millions of years, and they evolved to keep us safe in very different environments that we find ourselves in today. In the animal kingdom... And in our own evolutionary past, most things could be solved by doing more, faster, harder. And that's fundamentally what the stress response is. Do more, do faster, do harder. If you haven't got enough food, go and hunt faster, harder, more. If you haven't created enough security or safety, go and do more, do harder, do faster, go and solve the problem right now immediately because the threat's immediate. As we evolved as a species, as a human race, our problems stop being immediate problems. And in today's civilized world, most of our problems are long-term problems, but stress is a short-term solution. Stress is designed to get us to do more, faster, harder to solve an immediate problem or to protect ourselves from an immediate threat. But the threats that you're facing in your business, the threats that we're facing in the economy, for example, or with the backlog of work, if you're feeling overwhelmed, that is a long-term threat. It's not a short-term threat. So I said right at the beginning, you know, there is some degree of truth that a degree of pressure and a little bit of stress can be positive for us, both in terms of our productivity, but actually can have potentially some health benefits to us. But this is only the case if we're using stress in a way that stress was designed, created, evolved to be used. Let's say, for example, that it's a Sunday afternoon, it's a sunny day. You've set yourself a task of digging a trench or a hole in your garden. You've given yourself the whole day to do it. You go out there, it's a beautiful day, the radio's on. You maybe, you know, have a cold drink and dig a bit. And then you take a moment to just enjoy the the weather. You sit down for a moment, then you get up and do a bit more digging. And then maybe have a bit of lunch and then, you know, maybe even have a beer. And then before you know it, you're over halfway through the day. And you've only dug a quarter of the hole. So in that moment, stress kicks off, pressure kicks off. It's that deadline. You set yourself a challenge, you set yourself a deadline, which is to do this job by a certain time. The threat that in our evolutionary past would have been life-threatening potentially is no longer life-threatening, but the responses are triggered the same way, which is if I don't do this by then, or if I don't do this, then something bad will happen. There's a threat out there. Now, there's something bad will happen is you'll feel like you wasted a day. You'll feel like you could have done better. You'll feel disappointed in yourself, or maybe there's some other outcome that it triggers that's a potential threat. It's not going to be life-threatening, almost certainly, but the brain's responding in a similar way, which is the pressure starts to mount. And as pressure starts to mount, stress levels, so cortisol and other brain chemicals and physical chemicals and biology starts to play its part and we start to get tunnel focused. And that tunnel focus is a really strong, powerful tool because now it's no longer about the birds tweeting. It's no longer about whether my back aches a little bit or hurts a little bit. I'm meant to override that. That's what stress does. It's no longer about the next beer. It's no longer about anything else. It's about getting this bloody hole dug. So what happens is that moment of realisation that you're not going to get it done, that moment of realisation that you don't have enough time to do what you need to do mounts the pressure in you, which creates a level of stress in you, but there's a deadline and there's an end to it. And you probably feel more purposeful than you did for the first half of the day. You're working twice as hard, maybe three times, four times as hard. You're more tired, you're working harder But the satisfaction and the joy you're feeling could be increased even because you feel purposeful. And that's another thing that this does. You start to feel purposeful and deliberate. You feel productive. And this all returns a whole bunch of reward chemistry in your brain. Fundamentally, the upshot is you feel good. You feel good. You feel purposeful, happy. You feel like a job well done when you get to the end of it. And the moment you complete the job, you stand back, you look at your trench, you look at your hole, and you say... Nice one. Nice one. And to some degree, the more tired you are and the more physically exerting it was, the more challenging it was, the more rewarded you're going to be for that. So actually, the brain actually rewards us for working hard towards things. Why? Well, that's obvious, isn't it? Because if we didn't have that reward system that made us feel good about achieving something, then we wouldn't be driven to go out and achieve it. So dopamine kicks in and floods your body and your brain, and it's a beautiful reward chemical that makes you feel really good and really great. And it makes you feel, you know, just just high. And that sense of achievement and all these feelings that we have, and the brain knows that. And therefore, it makes us want to go out and get that again. You hear about adrenaline junkies, you know. They really are. It's not adrenaline junkies. They're really dopamine junkies. They want that hit, that fix, you know. And then what happens is you get to the end of the trench you know the job is done. You have that big sense, that big sigh, it goes, ah, and you can relax. You can enjoy the work you've done. You can feel proud of what you've done. You get all the reward chemistry and it's over. That little bit of stress, that little bit of pressure has been good for you. It's given you a good positive experience of life. It's been productive and it may or may not, it looks like there may be some real health implications to that little bit of stress. That isn't the stress that you're experiencing right now, almost certainly. The experience of stress that you're having right now is this overwhelming stress, maybe even anxiety, maybe even fear that you can't get enough done. You're not doing enough, that you can't make things work the way you want them to work. There's a frustration, a tension within you, and it's one that doesn't go away because there is no end to it. There is no metaphorical trench or hole to dig. You know, it's a never ending pile of work. And, you know, it's like digging the hole, but it's filling itself back up with earth and you've got to keep digging and you're not getting anywhere. And then you start to get overwhelmed. Go and listen to Monday's episode if you haven't done so already. You start to feel stressed. That stress doesn't go away because instead of sitting back and saying, job well done, you go to bed exhausted, knackered. You've compromised maybe who you are as a partner or as a a father or a mother or a friend, you know, you've made these sacrifices, you've made these huge compromises, you now feel guilty about what you've done. Not only do you feel guilty about what you've done, there's no reward for this because you haven't done enough. So not only do you maybe feel like you're not a good mum, not a good dad, not a good partner, but on top of that, you don't feel like you're a particularly good business owner either because you never got the job done. The brain will not give you that reward chemistry while it's perceived that you haven't done enough and you haven't done what you need to do to deserve it. It's like you know, going for a marathon, running 22 miles, you don't get to have the medal. You don't get to have that feeling of accomplishment. You'll feel like you failed. You feel like you didn't do enough. You'll feel disappointed. Well, all this chemistry is designed deliberately. This pressure, this stress, this pain that you go to bed on is designed deliberately to get you to solve the problem the next day. Maybe even to solve the problem that night. That's why some people can't sleep. If I haven't done enough to feed my family, I don't get to go to sleep. My brain will release adrenaline. It will release all kinds of chemicals. What it won't release is melatonin. So I'm not going to go to sleep because how can I go to sleep when I haven't done enough to survive? If I think there's a bear out in the woods that's going to kill me or kill my family, I can't go to bed knowing that I haven't done enough. I'm meant to go out and check again, do patrols. I'm meant to not go to sleep, stay alert, stay on guard. It's like going to bed and you think, did I leave the kettle on? Did I leave the electricity on? Did I leave the back door open? Did I leave the keys in the car? You you can't go to sleep. You're not meant to go to sleep. That stress, that anxiety is meant to push you to take short-term action to solve an immediate threat. So you get out of bed, you come down, you check the back door it was locked. Of course, it always is. You frustrate yourself. You go out of bed. It takes a little bit of time to wind down because you've just had a shot of adrenaline, which is the equivalent of having a double espresso as you were laying in bed. So It's going to take a little while to wind down, but fundamentally, you've done what you need to do. You can relax a little bit. The chemistry starts to leave your bloodstream, and melatonin gets released, and you'll go to sleep. Job done. That's not the stress that we feel, and that's certainly not the stress that I'm talking about right now the stress we have right now is I didn't do enough today. And I go to bed because I've got nothing left in me. And I go to bed disappointed in myself. I go to bed fretting about tomorrow, worrying about everything else, because that's what my brain's meant to do. I have a really bad night's sleep. I get up, I'm tired, I'm weary. And guess what? Bang, adrenaline again. I'm off stress starts to fire up, even more so now, because now I'm stressed about having not had enough sleep. I'm stressed about all the work I didn't do yesterday, plus all the work that's coming in today. I start to feel completely overwhelmed. That overwhelm, if it gets too bad, will just shut me down. Most of us don't get to that point. That would almost be like a good place to get to, just shut down and stop worrying about everything. Most of us, we just live in that constant state of high levels of overwhelm and high levels of stress that stress that we're talking about now is so detrimental in so many ways. So here's what it does. It gives you that tunnel focus, which was really productive when you're digging a hole, but no longer becomes productive when you're trying to be creative in solving the problems in your business. You've got financial issues. You can't solve them by just doing more, faster, harder. If you could, you would. If it's a case of just picking up the phone, doing more sales, then you'll probably do that. More often than not, we're looking at long-term chronic issues here and we have to have long-term creative solutions to those problems. Stress is a short-term solution and we're applying it to long-term problems. Therefore, it's being misappropriated and we're having stress all day, every day, day after day, day after day, and it's killing us. It makes you tunnel focus, which means that you miss the wood for the trees. It's making you go into a do more faster, harder response when what you want is a more cognitive, creative response. You no longer have time and patience with your family, with your kids, with your clients. You no longer take time out to do the things you enjoy and have fun, the things that would actually lower that stress level. You no longer take good care of yourself. You might not be eating well. You're not sleeping well. And it all starts to spiral down. The stress and the cortisol that's running through your bloodstream is like acid now. It starts to eat away at your body itself. You no longer have a strong immune system. It compromises that. Your digestion is compromised. We've already talked about the links between stress and heart disease and blood pressure and strokes, but also it's cancer. It's obesity, as I said, and all of the end results of obesity, all the other knock-on health issues of that. But not only that, you're no longer tolerant of other people, which means you're no longer being sympathetic and empathetic to your friends, your family, your loved ones, to yourself. You're becoming a bit of a dick. You're becoming a bit of an arsehole. Your temper starts to become frayed. You lock yourself away. You become a recluse. Your brain's just saying more, faster, harder, more, faster, harder. Anything that gets in the way, even if it's your kids that you love so much, if they get in the way of doing more, faster, harder, you'll snap at them. Then you go to bed that night. You'll feel guilty. You didn't get the work done. You didn't get the job done. You're not sleeping properly. You didn't eat properly. If you did eat, you ate shit. You know, you you rewarded yourself at the end of the day with a bottle of wine and two boxes of chocolates. You snapped at your kids. You were a bit of an arsehole as a wife or a husband. And then you go to bed and you're fretting on that and you don't sleep again and you wake up in the morning, bang, you're back in it again. Now, this might be an exaggerated version of what you feel, But if you're like a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, a lot of people out there, you can relate to what I'm saying right now. And given the set of circumstances we find ourselves in as small business owners right now, given the economy, given the lockdown, given the restrictions to our movement, the restrictions to us doing business the way we want to, it's not surprising that stress levels are going through the roof. We know this. We know that domestic violence has gone through the roof. We know that Abuse of children has gone through the roof. Fundamentally, people didn't show us how to manage our stress. We were never taught how to manage our stress. And maybe we even went into work environments where stress was rewarded. You know, that high pressure environment, maybe like the adrenaline junkie, you know, you've got a little bit addicted to that feeling. And now we don't know how to turn it off anymore. Now we don't like it. Now it's not working for us. Maybe we didn't realise it wasn't working for us, but now you listen to this episode, you're thinking, oh my God, it's not working for me. So the next question is, what do you do? Well, number one, stress can be habitual. It's the brain's automatic habitual responses to an external trigger. I've talked about this loads in previous episodes. So something happens in the external world or it's a thought that you have, a perception that you have inside of yourself. It triggers emotional responses, chemistry in your bloodstream, in this case, stress response, to do more, faster, harder. If you believe that you work better under stress, you work better under pressure, then you're adding to the problem because you're reinforcing that stress is a positive thing. Ultimately, most of us, under stress and under pressure, we do do more, faster, harder. It kind of works, even though it's not the best solution. The best solution is a creative response, problem-solving response, But we're kind of still here. We're kind of existing. We're still alive. As far as our unconscious is concerned, as far as evolution is concerned, as far as nature is concerned, what we've been doing has been working. It's worked. So therefore, we learn to habitually live in a state of stress. So sometimes you find people that are actually creating deliberate stress. They're deliberately self-sabotaging, you might call it themselves, to be in stressful environments, to create a stressful working environment for themselves. So they're deliberately taking on too much work or they procrastinate for a week and then have to get the work done in a day. Does that sound like you? If you're the person that used to leave your homework all week and then do it on the bus in the morning on the way to school, the only reason you did that is because of the fear of the punishment of not getting it in. So one of the ways we can start to lower stress actually is start to see if we're deliberately creating stress, like deliberately self-sabotaging ourselves because maybe we've just learned that stress is good for us, which it isn't. Our brains got cross-wired at some point. So I always say to people, like if you were the kid that did your homework on the bus on the way to school on the day it was due for handing in, and you have homework every day of the week, then you're still doing the same amount of homework. You're doing it all on the last day before you have to hand it in, which means that you're constantly doing that work under pressure And actually, one of the other side effects of this, negative side effects, is that you don't do your best work under that degree of stress. So now you're underperforming as well. So you're doing the same amount of work, but you're underperforming with that work. So it's not the same caliber quality as it would have otherwise been. And you're creating all this unnecessary stress because you're not actually getting away with doing anything less. So the idea of doing your homework on the last day was supposedly to give yourself a week of not having to do the homework. But if you're having homework every day, it only works for the first week. The first week you put off, and now every week you have to do that homework, but you're doing that work under unnecessary pressures. You're doing a shit job, a crap job, you're having a terrible time of it. You're upsetting yourself, upsetting your teachers. It's a miserable place to be, but you get the work in, you get the mark. It might not be as good as it would have been, but you don't know that, you're passing. That's all that matters. Your brain says this is working. Now we have a habitual pattern. Check into yourself and see if you've got habitual patterns, yourself, sabotage yourself to create unnecessary stressful situations. The second thing you do is you have to go out and you start to define your projects, your days, your weeks, your months. You have to define your tasks with an endpoint. You have to know what you can get done. You have to set your boundaries on what you're going to do. And then when you get that work done, you give yourself the same satisfaction rewards that you would have done had you dug that ditch, had you dug that trench. So if you've got three days worth of work to do, today you only have one day to do it. So by making the deadline, three days time, and having three days worth of work, and let's say it's all due in right at the last minute, and therefore you're under this pressure to do it, you don't get the satisfaction of completion until at the end of the three days. So what's better is to break that into three days' worth of projects, and at the end of each day, you know you've done what you needed to do to stay on track with your overall plan, your overall strategy, so you know you're on target for your goals and your outcomes, so you can have that sense, that that release of pressure, that release of tension and stress, you can switch off. You can be a great mum, great dad, great husband, great wife. You can watch TV, relax, enjoy yourself, go to bed, have a good night's sleep. You wake up and you've got the next day and you know what you need to do that day. You set out your challenges, you set out your tasks, you set out your workload. You then deliver on that. At the end of the day, relax. You feel good about doing the work. You get A sense of pride, you feel like you worked hard, you have a sense of purpose about you, and you switch off and you carry on. Now, if it's a three day project broke across three days, that's one thing. Most of what we're working on is longer than that. You know, in business, our biggest project is growing our business, doing sales, doing marketing, delivering services. It's never ending. So instead of breaking it down into individual tasks, we see it as one never ending task. And therefore, we've never done enough. We've never achieved it. So, we never get that satisfaction, that switch off, that reward of having done enough. So, I really want you to start prioritizing your day and start breaking your day down into tasks and take these long term projects and start getting realistic with what you're going to do today and start managing your diary better. Start becoming more effective, more efficient, but fundamentally also become more realistic in what you're doing. Push yourself, yeah, be challenging of yourself. Yeah. Be demanding of yourself. Absolutely. But there has to be a point where you've done enough. And when you get that sense that you've done enough, you switch off, you relax. You're more productive to everyone. When you work like this, you're more creative, you're more calm, you're more relaxed. You're going to be healthier, you're going to live longer. You're going to not put on the weight. You're going to eat healthier, eat better. You're going to sleep better. You're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a better partner, a better friend. You're going to be nicer to be around. You'll be less of a dick to those people around you. You'll have more empathy, more sympathy, more understanding. One of the side effects of being under stress and under pressure is actually you misinterpret people's actions and people's intentions. So someone does something to you when you're under high levels of stress, you might misinterpret what they mean by that. This is when your husband or your wife turns around to you and says something like, wow, you've still got all that to do. And instead of it being, wow, you still got all that to do. I'm really sympathetic for you. You interpret it as, wow, you've got all that to do. What have you been doing? Fucking about for the last day, two days, last hour. And you misinterpret their intentions. And now you react to your interpretation of their intentions as opposed to their real intentions. You become a dick. I've said it over and over again. You become a dick. So the opposite of that is true. You become more understanding, more able to communicate. You can decipher people's intentions better you become a better person. I know that sounds crazy. You become a better person. You become a better version of yourself. You're not the best version of yourself under stress. You may have deluded yourself to think that you work better under stress, but that's a lie as well. So we have to first and foremost get awareness of our stress, realize it's not serving us, realize that it is the enemy understand how we can make it work for us with these deadlines, understand these deadlines are good, but we also need to make sure that we have short term deadlines, you know, for the end of the day, the end of the morning, maybe the end of the hour. And we have to realise that we need to give ourselves that satisfaction, that sense, that release, that moment of, "Ah, I'm done. If you do that, you'll lower your stress. Managing stress is a day-by-day basis for most people. It's not something you're going to switch off instantly. It's well worth working at. You're going to live longer. You're going to be more functioning, better functioning, higher functioning. You're going to be a better parent, a better partner, a nicer person. You're going to have a much better experience of life. You're going to like yourself better. You're going to have a much greater sense of reward. You're going to feel good. You want to get on top of your stress. You want to eliminate it as much as possible. Use it where you need it, but you don't want it there day in and day out. Bring in some daily practices. Exercise is awesome for lowering stress levels. Yoga, swimming, running, walking the dog, getting out in nature, relaxing, being mindful. All these things proven to lower the parasympathetic nervous system they're proven to lower your stress levels. But more importantly than firefighting your stress levels by having practices to manage your stress, start to manage your day, your projects, your ambitions, your goals, start to manage your business in ways that don't trigger the stress in the same ways. It's delusional to think you're never going to get stressed. It's unrealistic to think that you'll never feel that way again. Of course it is. We just don't want it to become the normal. We don't want it to become habitual. We don't want to live in that place because over the long term, it will kill your business and it will almost certainly kill you as well. That episode was for you, the stress monkey, the stress head. That was all for you. I get it. It's really tough out there at the moment. It's tough in business anyway. I get it. Entrepreneurs generally do seem to be amongst some of the most dressed people as well. I think it's partly because all the burdens they're under, the responsibilities, the workload. I also think it's maybe a bit of the nature of the makeup of what we are. We push harder, we drive harder, we have higher expectations of ourselves, And all that stuff is great, but we just need to make sure we take care of the machine. And we want to make sure that we have the experience that we want to have of business and the experience we want to have of life. Just want to take a moment to draw your attention to the Six Figure Fast Track. If you are a small ambitious business owner and you've yet to hit 100K turnover, and you want to know what it's going to take to hit 100K in the next 12 months or less, then get yourself booked on the Six Figure Fast Track. On the Six Figure Fast Track, i take you through the six figure mindset you need to have in place, the six figure business model, and the six figure methodologies the day-to-day activities that you need to be doing and the stuff you need to definitely not be doing that's going to get you onto your own fast track to extreme business growth. We're in strange times, funny times, I get it, but I, the rules of success, they haven't changed, and the rules of the 6 figure fast track, they haven't changed. It's just more important than ever that we double down on doing the right things for where we are in our business right now. This masterclass, this webinar is designed specifically with you, the five-figure service-based business in mind. Maybe Maybe you're doing 20, 30, 40, 50K, maybe even 60, 70K, but you've not done 100. Maybe just starting out and you're doing your first £10,000. If you want to know what's it going to take in order to create a successful business and get it over that 100K mark, then get yourself on the six-figure fast track. You'll find it at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll drop the link in the descriptions as well. And when you get to that page, you'll also see some links to some live events we've got coming up where we go through the same content, but it's in an extended workshop environment. It's fully interactive and there's even a one hour Q&A where you can ask the questions about your business that's specific to you right now to help you overcome the challenges that you're facing. Number one, in keeping your business going. But number two, what I believe you are capable of doing even in the economy we're in right now, whatever might be facing us down the line, you can grow your business you can get that extreme growth in your business. I've helped businesses go from 50K to well over 100K in a single year. I've helped businesses go from 150 to 350 to 750 to 1.5 million to 2.2 million and onwards in consecutive years. That exponential growth is out there. It's out there to be had. It's still available to you. You just need to make sure you're doing the right thing. Make sure you've got the right mindset and make sure that your business is built in a way that enables you to get that growth. I look forward to seeing you on one of those shortly. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game when what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary. You know you've leveled up.